Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And uh, my co-host, Jason, is actually uh, on a family trip, so he won't be with us today. But uh, we have a very special uh, show for you guys. Um, we have uh, Matt Guerrero and Isaiah Guerrero. This is a father and son combo. And uh, we'll be talking about flat earth from a biblical perspective, one of my favorite uh, topics. So how's it going, Matt and Isaiah? How's it going? Going good, real good. Yeah, going great. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, like I said, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, we should have a, an amazing show. Uh, let me pull up my notes real quick. And um, Matt, we can start out, man. I mean, I I've I've done a few shows on this, and I I love to discuss uh this topic. You know, I think it it's a uh, it's an amazing topic to talk about. You know, and when you go biblically, you know what what we should do as Christians, you know, as as we should always you know, filter science through the Bible, you know, instead of filtering uh, the Bible through science. So I think that's a very important thing. I think uh, the devil uh, tries to attack, uh, you know, it says faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? So Romans 10, 17. So when faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God, but I say, have you not heard? Yes, verily the sound went into all the earth. So uh, the thing is there, it's just like faith comes by hearing the word of God. So as we're going through these verses, I always like to explain this to people. Make sure you guys, uh, you know, what kind of faith do you have if you're hearing verses and you're not believing them, right? That's right. kind of a, that's a definitely a bad thing. And it's Satan's job to attack, you know, we're saved by grace through faith, right? And you build faith by hearing the word of God. So if if, if it's right. his faith, it's his job to take away your faith. So as scripture, as we go over these scriptures, I think you guys should understand that. Uh, hearing the word of God, it builds faith. And, and that's something we need, right? Even with the spiritual armor, uh, the shield is, is of faith, right? So this is what we're going to be using today, the shield of right. faith. Yeah. <laughs> and the word of God right. is the offensive weapon, right? So we're going to be attacking Satan, at, at, you know, at his, uh, of his lies, you know, he's the father of lies. So uh, Matt, you could take it away. I have tons and tons of verses to go over, uh, you know, but I'd like you to kind of Give me a good little sermon on it, and I could go over the verses as well. Uh, if you want to break it down into increments, we could talk about like, you know, the um, the rotation of the Earth. We could talk about the firmament. We could talk I about all these different yeah. subjects. So you you could start out, and Isaiah, you could come in whenever you feel like coming in, and we'll have a good show. All right, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, how to start? So I, I think uh, maybe it's 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 good to go from the beginning. I guess you know, like like all. Well, not all, but most people who come into this flat earth biblical cosmology thing, we almost always are like, what? That's crazy, man. Like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, no one just goes, yep, it's flat. I agree. Like, no one ever does that. Um, and so I guess like when I first heard about flat earth, man, it was 2015. I was listening to Canary Cry uh, podcast, right? It was on a podcast when I heard about the flat earth for the first time. Um, my, Mark Sargent? No, I mean, Mark Sargent or no? It was Mark Sargent, but yeah. <laughs> um, so what got me interested was the podcast that they did before that with Bart Sabrell or Sabrell, oh. whatever, right? And that he wasn't a flat earther, but he was he was casting uh, doubt on the the moon landing, right? Yep. And I remember just being like, "What? Why would they fake the moon landing? Right? That's nuts! Like, <laughs> what, what's happening right now?" And then uh, I remember Gon Sumara was like, "Hey, we're gonna have Mark Sargent. He's a flat earther," and I was like. You guys lost it like what are you talking about <laughs> flat earth and, and so i just kind of laughed it off um wasn't even going to listen to the podcast but then i was like man I you know where else am i going to find basil and gons right these guys are killer i love listening to them so 
I listened and I listened to Mark Sargent and I just, you know, for an hour or whatever, I was like blown away. Like, wait a minute, this is absolutely nuts. Like it not it wasn't like I listened to a podcast and then I'm like, I'm a flat earther. No, it wasn't like that. Yeah. yeah. But it was like enough of a seed of doubt in my mind that I was like, all right, I gotta start digging. I gotta look, right? Yeah. Because I think probably like you did, or most every uh, flat earth person uh or you know, person who comes into this knowledge is like we got to do an investigation. We're going to prove this flat earth stuff wrong. Cause we all yeah. know we're on a ball we're spinning 66 that, you know, or, or, you know, a thousand miles an yeah. hour, 6,000 miles through space or whatever around the sun. And, um, that started a crazy journey, right? A crazy journey. Um, and I, I think uh, I was a big fan of Rob Skiba at that time. Oh, man. Too, Me too. Right. So, yes. um, I was kind of deep in the, the Nephilim hunt and like chasing down, like, like, you know, pagan roots and that have crept into the church. And I was like deep into that, right? Tom Horn, he wrote a book yeah. called um, Napoleon Rising 2012. And that had already opened my eyes to like, what 9-11 wasn't, wasn't what they told us it was. There's like this huge satanic agenda, right? That's going on to shape the world ultimately for the coming of the Antichrist. Like it's a big long game. And most of us Christians have such a short uh, like lifespan that we we get like a little glimpse of it. And but this is this is a big long con going. So, um, yeah. So after that Mark Sargent podcast, man, I started digging in for about six months. You know, I had like I got you know I was I got a telescope right, and I'm looking out over like the bay. I, we live out in, <laughs> out in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm like trying to do like Earth curve. I'm like, wait a minute, I should not be able to see that right. And then um. You know, I got the the thermal gun, right? And I'm testing the temperature of the sun or the, uh, the oh, moon. The moon. Right? I'm doing okay. all that stuff. It's because... okay. Hey, you know what? You're doing experiments at home and, and you, you don't yeah. have a, you don't have a lap coat on. So you're doing it yourself, which right. is awesome. We've had, yeah. by the way, we've had Mark Sargent on. We've had, um, we've had, uh, we didn't get Rob Skiba, but we've had uh, Dave Weiss. We've had uh, all of the guys on already that are like the main dudes besides Eric Dubay and stuff. But Anyways, thank God, you know, it's a blessing. Even though they're not Christian yet, a lot of them, we're, mm -hmm. at least they, they believe in a creator now. So God is breaking it down. Soon they're, they're going to be Christian, you know. And also uh, Dave Weiss has a, a gentleman that is his co-host, Matt Long. He came on. He's a Christian. And we came on and did it. So just letting you know, the, the, uh, you know, God is great, man. And and and, and he's, he's coming. It's coming along. But, dude, keep going. Your story is awesome. I love this, man. This is all same stuff. I'm on the same way, bro. Every day I'm like looking at the sky, like, look at the moon. There's no way. Or look, why is the sun right there and the moon right there? And it's not a full a full moon, you know, all this stuff. But go ahead, bro. Sorry. Totally. Totally. No. And that was it. Right. Like, I think for about six months, you know, I was studying helicopters and <laughs> and, uh, indicators in, in airplanes and uh, you know i was i was, I was uh um studying the uh what's the big uh, magnetic gun off the ships what's that called the um gyroscope no no gyroscope. no the gun it's the like gun. a projectile okay. gun you know what i'm talking about yeah uh, I, I know what you're talking about you're trying to see if they have to if they have to adjust for curvature yeah. or for yeah. rotation right yeah so they can shoot a target 100 miles away and it's like well 100 miles should be like six thousand some odd feet underneath the curve like how are they yeah. even seeing a target and they can yeah. nail it like a target yeah you know, two feet by two feet from 100 miles away it's called the rail gun yeah rail yeah, gun. yeah 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 um yeah. and i'm like wait a minute it's not guided it's just a, a full-on block like a cannon target. almost yeah and, and it's like Doo. i know what yeah. you're talking about yeah okay right. I'm like, so there's no spin, there's no coreless effect, there's no curvature that they're trying to deal with. They're seeing a target and they're blasting it. 
And so, you know, you, you know, just through going enough, you know, going through enough of those, uh, those questions and those experiments, um, I kind of had to like step back and go, okay, I got to dig into this thing with like, like with a systematic approach. Yeah. And I think I kind of like, I heard Rob Skiba kind of doing this kind of stuff. Right. Um, um, I had to, I asked myself three questions. I was going to start this investigation for myself and I was going to document it so that I wasn't losing it. Right. Because, you know, you start to talk to people at work. Like, hey, man, I think, I think maybe this isn't a globe. And they're like, what, you know, you're nuts. Right. Um, or like, Hey, doesn't it seem weird how like the sun and the moon seem like they're the same size, you know, you even say something like that. And they're like, you lost it. Yeah. So I wanted to document it in kind of a, methodical intelligent way that i could hand it to someone and say hey man this was the investigation i went through check it out tell me what you think have fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right. great that's great though that's great because bro you you have to be able to uh if you're gonna bring something like this up first of all you have to tell somebody lightly you have to lightly tap them because if you just it's like it's like instead of like throwing like little bricks at them you need to do people throw houses on people boom, and they have no idea you know you got to go one brick at a time because if not they're going to get mad they're going to tell you you're you know you're stupid they're going to tell you all this stuff and if they're christian like truly christian that then, then it's a little different story because when we do what we're about to do you know bringing this up if you're not believing you know, if you're Christian and a true Christian and you really walk with God and you believe the word of God, then it's different. You know, it, you still have to lightly tap them, but it's it's a little easier to convince them if the Bible says it, then, then you know, you got to accept it. If you don't accept it, now you're like, okay, why would you like not accept? Okay, if you're going to say, I don't believe evolution, uh, you know, if you go against like psychology, right? Psychology would be like saying, those are not, you're not really mentally crazy. You don't have depression. It's really a, a demon causing that. And a Christian will believe that. If you go against them, like, um, if you go against like uh, archaeology, right? Oh, no, no, no. We're 6,600 years old. That's what the Bible says. They're not going to be mad about that. If you go against the Big Bang, they're going to say, no, we're not going to be mad about that. If you go against evolution, that's another thing. They're, they're, most of them are not going to be mad about that. But when you go against cosmology, it's a whole different ball game, bro. People get so livid and mad. Dude, it's like there's a demon behind the globe. A literal yeah. demon. Yeah. And it's permeated the church too, right? Like, I for think sure. one of the hardest things was, is like, I think we get, you know, we, I mean, for, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, like I became a Christian. I kind of had this like, kind of mild walk for a while um in my own life there was a, like a huge tragedy um that like really brought me face to face with mortality and then i was yeah. like all right i'm digging in deep right yeah. like this whole god thing i gotta like take this seriously what am i been doing right just kind yeah. of playing, playing churchianity <laughs> a little bit yeah um so i started digging in getting real deep and i and my wife and i made a decision like we are not gonna lie to our kids i'm not gonna tell you santa claus is real i ain't gonna tell you either you know I, i'm going to tell you straight up what the bible says and you know one of the things that guided our life was like romans 3 4 right let god be true and every man a liar yeah every that's exactly day. bro yes yeah. that's right? exact and that's one of the verses i have actually for this whenever i do flat earth from biblical perspective that's one of the main ones i go to you know is is let god be truth and every man a liar right um right. and and that's important too because um you know as we're dealing with this subject or any subject, whether it's evolution or anything, or, or like, let's say they're trying to tell you, you know, uh, 13.8 billion years ago, this is what happened. You know, I mean, you got to understand, like, 
it's like God versus the devil and everything we do, right? It's always like that. And that's how it is with science, you know, anything, dude. It's like, you're going to be fed what the world, and we're not of this world. Jesus says not to be of this world. So very important, yeah. very important verse. I appreciate you bringing that up, but keep going, bro. I don't want to take over. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, so, you know, when you, when you first come to the flatter thing, like I even, uh, you know, my wife and I at the time were going through some marriage counseling stuff. And I remember telling her, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm digging into this flat earth thing. And that, that was crazy. She's like, what? So, so like. <laughs> that probably helped the marriage counseling, didn't it? <laughs> no, no. We're talking, like, she's like, we're talking with the, the marriage counselor and stuff. And it's great. Like, it all went really well. Like, for me, it was, like, actually a good test of my resolve and conviction. Because he was a smart guy, too, Christian guy. But, like, when we come into this Christian this Christian walk, sometimes we we, we latch on to, like, certain Bible teachers or camps that we feel real comfortable in. And one of the things that I, I like told myself um, was like, listen, man, you're not a camp guy. You're a follow the word where it takes you guy. And that's not always easy, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like like one of my personal heroes, uh, Chuck Messler is one of my favorite. Like yeah. when I first became a Christian, I wanted to go a little bit deeper into the scripture. And like, he was the only one. He's like digging into the Hebrew meaning of stuff. And yeah. he was just unfolding or, or, or I guess unveiling like lots of cool stuff. Like mm. he was the first one that I heard about like the Nephilim stuff from and and the names of like the 10, you know, the, you know, Adam to Noah, like that yeah, whole gospel yeah. message and just so many tidbits in Chuck Messler's teaching. And so, like, it was almost for a little while. It was like, well, anything that I hear, like, I gotta go see what Chuck Mercer thinks. Yeah. And and and, and anything I hear, I gotta go see what Doug Hampton. <laughs> and, and so then I kind of like, I kind of had to like break free of that, which wasn't easy. I, I still respect those guys, and and I think they're incredible uh, men of God who love Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but the Bible, let let God be true, and every yeah. man alive, like, yeah. no matter who the man is, like. Yeah. Um, so not to say that they're liars, but to, you know, to say that the Bible's true and sometimes we interpret it incorrectly for sure. Yeah. And that was kind of mm -hmm. like a, a litmus test for me. It's like, if, if here's the ongoing theory, um, and it doesn't line up with scripture, well, then the theory's probably wrong or I'm misinterpreting, I'm misunderstanding scripture. One of the two, but 99% of the time it's the theory's wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the theory's coming from a man. The theory yeah. is coming from a, a, a several men, a lot of men that were esoteric, a lot of men that were into Freemasonry, a lot of men that were into um, the occult, even though people are like, oh, he's a Christian. Look at all the writings he did, Christianity. But then you find these little writings that they don't, no one knows about that are hidden that they're into, right? And uh, right. Right. That's, the, that's the type of stuff where all this stuff is breathed through esoteric and occult knowledge. And then it turns into like, you know, I mean, you read the Bible, right? Genesis, the Revelation. You start with Genesis, and you and you start like dissecting certain things, and then you and then you then you go into science class, and they're telling you like the complete opposite. You know, like okay, uh, the Earth is rotating, you know, at a thousand miles an hour, and it's orbiting at sixty six thousand six hundred miles an hour. Once you hear stuff like that as an adult, once you hear the thousand miles an hour, it maybe I can maybe accept that. Okay, maybe. But once you hear the 66,600 miles an hour orbiting the sun, you're like, what are you talking about? That's how fast they say we're orbiting? Yes. Yeah. You're like, okay. So once you start breaking that down and then you read in the Bible, it says every, you know, that the earth is fixed and immovable. Uh, it stands firm. Uh, there's so many different verses that, that go over. Then you're like, okay, then you have a problem, you know, but it's like you have to, once you unlock this uh, Pandora's box, a lot of things come at you. But I like the way you were saying that you don't stay in camps. That's a very good, very true, man, because um, 
I've learned stuff that, uh, you know, even with this Israeli-Palestine war going on, I've learned stuff from different people on my podcast, dude. I've got hundred, almost 140 episodes where I was like Calvary Chapel camp and sure. I was like learning about Israel and I learning about, you know, all these prophecies that are so-called being, uh, you know, <laughs> being fulfilled and then the seven-year tribulation, and then right. someone comes on my show and tells me the seven-year Jesuit tribulation. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then they, they start explaining all this stuff to me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So it's it's very hard with with my uh, with the, having a podcast because you start – they start peeling back the onion, and you're like, what? I never heard gosh. this ever in my life. Like, really? Yeah. And, um, and then I kind of see certain um, commercial pastors – saying certain things like all of them bro like i like right. like i'm following a lot of pastors and all of them are saying the same thing and i'm like they're all saying the same thing bro like oh my goodness like they're all on the same page something's going on here something somebody's telling them to post that on this day pray mm -hmm. for israel for example and i'm right. not saying right. anything bad about israel i'm not saying anything okay all i'm telling you guys is it's mm -hmm. very interesting what's going on and the way people are handling it and the way that christian pastors are handling it is crazy to me, bro, because they're all like, pray for Israel, but none of them are saying to pray for the innocent people in Palestine. Nobody's yeah. saying to pray for the innocent people that are dying. No one's saying anything, but uh, pray for Israel. And it's like, they were spitting on people that are Christian walking down the street with the cross. They were like, they're saying that it's illegal to spread the gospel message yeah. of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of stuff going on. So I just think everybody out there, we're going to stay on the subject that we're on. I'm sorry, but well, no, hey, bro, I love a, it. It's a very great, I'm just saying, dude, people don't understand that, um, they don't understand that what it is, is there could be an entity called the devil causing us to pay attention to Israel and creating events so that we're all focused on that. And, and, and there's other stuff going on, obviously. Right. So it's yeah. just, um, I don't, you know, it's a really interesting, but anyways, the camp thing was very, very smart. Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Let me just make one comment about Israel and Palestine. I, I'm no expert there at all. Um, me neither. I have Calvary Chapel roots too, so I understand what yep. you're saying. Um, but I was just talking with my mom the other day um, about this. Yesterday, in fact, it was her birthday, Friday the 13th. Crazy, right? Um, but uh, we were sitting at this little cafe having breakfast, and she's like, oh, my gosh, we got to pray for Israel. And I said, Mom, we just got to pray for the innocent people because I don't know who the good guy is or the bad guy is in this thing. Like, if we haven't learned yet – from Pearl Harbor and 9-11 and, co and COVID, that the media lies to us to manipulate us. If we haven't learned that yet, then we are just, we are the literally just fools. We are the dogs who return to their vomit, like for real. Yes. Yeah. And so Matthew 24, Jesus says, there will be wars and rumors of war. See that you're not troubled. Yeah. See that you're not troubled. Yeah. The end is not, right? Mm -hmm. These things have to come to pass. So like, in my mind, it's like, I have peace. You know, if there's innocent people being hurt, man, I, that my heart breaks for them and I'll pray for them that the gospel would spread out because the Palestinians need the gospel, just like the Jews need the gospel. So yeah. like, I, I try not to get like, uh, like you got, you know, we got to pray for Israel. It's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray God's will. <laughs> okay. right? Even if Palestine was our enemy, which I don't believe they are. What did Jesus say? Pray for your enemies. So Jesus wants you to pray yeah. for all, right? So how are we going to sit there and just be like, it's like, it's almost like we're trying to go back to the God of the Old Testament, not saying that now the God of the Old Testament, when he was saying eliminate all men, women, and children of this tribe, 
He's not talking about normal people. He's talking about giants that were Nephilim. So when people try to say like, oh, it's okay. Israel's killing all these men, women, and children because uh, they're, they're, they're the enemy. That's not, that's not necessarily true because God, Jesus never told anybody to go grab the sword. And, you know, when he cut that ear off, when Jesus, he put the ear back on, he said, Hey, that's not the way we handle it. So there's no, there's, there's, Jesus is not telling us to go and do stuff like this. Right. So the God of the old Testament, when certain things were happening, what people don't understand is there's like a, a there's a bigger picture going on when he was having him do that. I'm not saying that there wasn't war and stuff like that. But if you see like David going against Goliath, he's going against what the Philistines, right? The Philistines were giants, right? So you see yeah, certain yeah. things happening. Um, and I'm not saying that there wasn't wars between humans and humans and, and God was not involved. I'm not saying that. Okay. But right. we need to understand that um, <clears throat> Jesus is, is, you know, the teachings that it's like, it's, it's a different, uh, approach that we need to take to to life jesus showed us what the true meaning of the scriptures were we were all interpreted you know let god be truth every man a liar we were interpreting them wrong obviously so <laughs> jesus was telling us in the new testament how to interpret and how to be with god and and you know and we're not understanding it because we're we, we go back to the old testament and we think oh well we need to be like that you know we need to attack we want god wants us to do this like do you really think that god is sitting up there happy that 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 the rothschilds and the the, the military industrial complex and uh Beninahu, whatever the prime minister and all these people are making all this money behind the scenes while this war is going on and people are dying you know do, do you think god is appreciating this no dude so why are you gonna say that you know pray for israel like you guys are like pushing this propaganda forward that could be uh god is is crying probably you know god is probably like his heart is probably hurting you know what i mean for this it's not how could you be happy seeing people going in and killing uh men women and children on both sides like no problem and bombing and bombing and bombing there's you know what i mean how could we how could we um ever think that that would be appropriate in any manner as far as and keeping god in the same sentence you know right no yeah. man I, I agree with you it's almost, yeah, it's, I think it's it. A lot of it has to do with the um, the Christian nationalist mixed with Zionist perspective that, that we we are entitled to the Holy Land almost, and that no, at all costs, no matter what they're doing, we have to defend the one the one area of land, regardless of who it's inhabited by. Mm. And I yeah. think that it's a dangerous road when we start thinking about it that way because um, we start it, missing the point. We start missing the point of the gospel, kind of like what you were saying is like there are people. Jew and Jew and Palestinian alike that need the gospel, and without yeah. the gospel, there's there's no hope anyway. So it doesn't they're matter. They're dying, bro. They're dying before they. The war, they're right? dying before they can even hear the gospel, bro. And that's the sad exactly. part. They're they're dying and they're getting killed over what? You know what I mean? Over yeah. what? Exactly. You know. So, anyways, we'll keep uh we'll keep on track. We don't want to go too <laughs> crazy into this because Sorry, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, because it's very sensitive, you know, and I don't yeah, know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and, and I don't want to get too crazy into it until I study more. But anyways, so yeah. you, you got into the, the camp thing, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. I really a hundred percent agree with that because I was, I was camped and I didn't understand what else could be unlocked, you know? And mm -hmm. once you start finding out, you're like, okay, I'll still listen to Chuck Missler. I'll Absolutely. still listen to pastor Chuck Smith. I'll still listen to, to pastor Raul Reese, which, you know, Calvary chapel. And then, um, I know yep. that, um, 
I know that Chuck Mister's not Calvary Chapel, but I still listen to them when I want to hear like how they interpret these certain things. And I do go back to find out how they interpret Genesis one. How how do they interpret this? And and how were they taught through seminary school to speak this? Because I want to be able to counter that and say this is what they're teaching. But right. you know, even Dr. Michael Heisner, all respect to him, he passed away. Our mm -hmm. rest in peace. I love his stuff, man. I like he's really mm -hmm. on point. But he had a sermon where he went over this and he was saying that this is the way that God presented it to him, even though that it's not the way that really is. I'm like, how are you going to even say that, dude? Like God had a blank canvas when God had Moses up on Mount Sinai and he wanted to go over Genesis and wanted to go over the law. It was a blank canvas. There's no way that Moses had a certain thing in his mind and God had to compromise for him. If anything, God would have to have Moses compromise for him. And listen, I know everybody believes this is a certain way, but this is the way that it is. Then, then that's what that's how it would be. God is truth. Every yeah. man is a liar. How is God's not going to compromise for no man because yeah. God is God, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he has to be true. You know what yeah. I mean? He has to be speaking truth. So uh, I just think it's amazing, man. Like when, when you go through the scriptures, but you said you had Rob Skiba, uh, that you were listening to me too, yeah. man. When I first got into it, he's, he's, a, he's one that I got into a, a lot, man. And I still listen to him right now. I just kind of, I go with him and Zen Garcia. Sometimes I listen to them so yeah, yeah, preach yeah. because Zen goes to all these different scriptures. And I want to try to have Zen on the show at some point. I, I've talked to his son so far, you know, but well, I think That'll be an interesting conversation for sure. I have, I have Zen's book in front of me right now, actually. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. dude, he's he's good, man. He he really gets into it. But um, yeah, yeah. So a few things I think uh we could talk about real fast. Like, all right, guys. So um, we already talked about the rotation of the Earth, right? So um, the Moon. Also, you guys got to understand that the Moon orbits us at twenty two hundred uh eighty eight miles per hour which is faster than a bullet, supposedly. It's supposedly orbiting us now. The fastest bullet is at 1,800 miles an hour. So we are going 30 times, we're orbiting 30 times faster than a bullet around the, the sun, supposedly. And right. also the moon is supposedly moving faster than a bullet orbiting us. And you tell me that some guy, some Freemason is going to hop into a rocket and yeah. go and land on something that's moving faster than a bullet as we orbit faster 30 times faster than a bullet and we spin uh faster than the speed of sound do you think someone really has the balls to do that now i was in the <laughs> military so i feel like hey you know what it does take a lot of guts and stuff to go into combat and into war yes but these people i mean imagine dude going into that with with supposed meteors being able to hit your your your, your uh whatever yeah. your spacesuit and you have no problem dude just going on doing that like really uh there's also temperatures that range from 1800 degrees uh, in the supposed thermosphere, which is actually like between us and the sun, you know, the moon, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. us and the, and the moon, you know? So there's, there's, there's so many added things that could happen and for them to supposedly do that. The first time dude is, is, is insane, you know? And, and, and not only that, but like the, like the earth's flying around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour, but the sun's actually flying around the galactic, you know, the galactic orbit at like 435,000 miles an hour. And then the yes. galaxy itself is supposed to be going like 1. whatever million. 1.3 million. It's expanding so, at 1.3. Uh, yeah. we're, we're chasing the sun at 525,000 miles or 408, whatever it says online. I know one of them says 525,000. The other one says the 430, but yeah. So think about that. We are not. And so if you are on a, uh, everybody uses this. So if you're in a car and you're driving the same speed and you have, you can drink your water, no problem, but there's nothing 
contained. You have to right. take the container off, right? And you also have to be moving. When you're orbiting, you're moving in a circle around and you're feeling force. So there's forces that are not just a straight line. Now, when we're chasing the sun, if we weren't orbiting anything, we'd probably go in a straight line. I could maybe say, hey, if we're going a thousand miles an hour, maybe we wouldn't feel it. But going 525,000 miles an hour and orbiting at 66,600 miles an hour, to me, anybody that believes that it is, is absolutely insane, dude. There's no possible way, especially since we're saying the same exact stars in the sky every single year on the same day, dude. I mean, come on, man. And uh, yeah, Polaris never moves. Come on. Yeah, 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 bro. So, and also the stars too, bro. The distance to the stars is another thing that we that that I like to bring up, man. The closest star, Alpha Centauri, uh, supposedly is four point four light years away. Why do they tell us in light years? The reason why they tell us in light years is because if they told you how many miles away, you'd probably be like, what the freak? No way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the closest one is twenty four trillion miles away. Okay, that's how far away it is. You take four point four light years and you times it by six trillion because one light year is six trillion so that's insane the closest galaxy it's uh 2.5 million light years away now i'm not going to try to do that math i don't even have a calculator that could do that but you'd have to take 2.5 million and times it by six trillion and that's how many miles away the closest galaxy supposedly is so yeah. come on guys please yeah. a lot of the stuff too like <laughs> talking about like the celestial bodies and stuff like i remember just going you know like first looking into this flatter stuff and like looking through genesis right it's like let's go to the beginning like if there's anyone who should be able to tell us about the creation it should be the creator and let's just see what he says you know and he talks about like the sun on the moon right and he talks about i i, I created two great lights one to govern the day one to govern the night right and then he says and i made the stars also he differentiates the moon the sun the sun the moon and the stars like like we're told that the sun is just a star, just an average star, actually. But that's not what the Bible says. First Corinthians yes. uh, 15, I think verse 41 or something talks about how like the sun has a certain glory and the moon has a certain glory. And then each star has its, its own individual kind of glory, too. So they're different celestial yeah. bodies that are four signs and seasons. It's not it's not these huge gas balls are up there that have fusion reactors or whatever. It's probably let's read, close. Let's, yeah, read that. let's read that real quick. So Genesis yeah, sure. one uh, verses 14 through 19. This will tell you guys that God made the earth for us. We are very special. And he made these lights to light up the earth. And he made those lights for signs and for seasons. Let's check this out. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. Let me just tell you guys that right there. We'll stop right there. So he created all these things to put lights upon the earth. He didn't put all these things to put lights upon the galaxies and upon uh, Pluto and all these different planets. Oh, he did it for lights upon the earth. So does that make sense on this uh, crazy? No, dude. If you have a flat and you have a firmament and you have the moon and stars inside the firmament, they are for lights on the earth. Okay. It makes sense. It's interesting too. One thing that to note there is that that, that passage, right? You started in verse 14, I believe Genesis yeah. one. Yeah. Um, that's not till day four that he sets the sun and the moon and the stars in the firmament, right? Like he, it says he, let there be light and then the separation between day and night happened much before the creation of the sun moon and stars yes and the firmament was put 
over the earth before the sun and moon were created. So it's that really was on day two. So exactly. So what we have is day one. Uh, he created the the the. It says the heavens or the Shemaim. Mm -hmm. What I think that is, and he says, and the earth. Now the earth is translated in Hebrew as land. So for me, what I believe is he created the uh, he created the 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 sky, which is where he's going to place the moon, sun, and the stars. And he also created his heaven, where it is a crystalline. I would say, I don't know if it's a crystalline firmament. I don't know what it is. It's crystal. It's in Revelation. And then what I think he did when he says he created the land, I think he's creating the the um, the foundation of the earth because what it says is in Job it says that the that the heavens are the the angels were clapping and cheering when he laid the foundations of the earth. I believe that was on day one. All right. A lot of people believe there's a gap and all this different stuff. What I believe is he says he created the heavens. And he so basically he's laying the foundation, right? That's what you do when you build anything. Right. And that's where, and that's why it says darkness was upon the face of the Abuso. Cause I think he, that's when he created Sheol and that's when he created the abyss. I think he yeah. created all that on day one. That's what I believe. And then the next day you were talking, you cut, said he created the firmament. So now he took, put a firmament in that sky and above the firmament is his throne, right? So now he has everything ready to go. And then inside of the firmament, in the firmament is where he put the moon. Oh, sorry, day three. That's when he created the oceans, right? Yeah, That's yeah. when all the waters yeah. came together and he created the dry land, plants, and vegetation. So now he's got the, the, the continents, right? They're all there, right? And then day four is when he created, just like Isaiah said, the moon, the sun, and the stars also. And when we're talking about the moon, we were talking about, we we're in, into this verse. It says that he created those to light up the earth, right? And he said, God made two great lights, two great lights, right? Yeah, two. Yeah. Okay. This is very important. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And then he said, he made the stars also as if it's nothing, right? It's just, I made the stars also like, wow. So the greater lights are supposed to be the moon and the sun, just like you said, and he differentiates between a sun and a star here. Or else yeah. he would have said star, right? He didn't say that. So I think that's a really important point. Um, so it says he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. He said it twice. Uh, and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the, and the morning were the fourth day. So the moon is a light and the sun is a light. Okay, that's yeah. what we know. That's why uh, uh, Matt was out here doing the uh, checking the uh, the temperature. Like, That's let me real. see if it is cold or temperature. Let me see what's up, you know, because um, and if you take a picture of the moon, I'd like you guys to go outside right now if you're listening and go take a picture of the moon real quick and then look at that and go take a picture of a street light. I want you to look at both of those pictures and tell me if it does not look like a light. If it doesn't to you, then you might have something going on that's different than 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 just not believing in the flat earth, all right? <laughs> so, because I know when I do it, I always show it to my friends at work. I say, listen, look at this. And, and a lot of them are obviously not believing yet, but hey, they're not all Christians, so it's kind of tough. But um, I think that that whole section right there is so important for people to listen to. And, and, and then you got all these people coming in, bro with, uh, you know, hey, <clears throat> and they're all great teachers. Don't get me wrong. You got people coming in. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And there's there was this long period right here where there was a gap 
a gap theory. And if you believe in the gap theory, I'm not trying to put you down, but they're putting all this stuff in here to try to juggle the time and everything that, 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 that the scientists are putting in there. Also understand that the gap theory came from a, a, a Scottish Freemason past a minister. Okay. Scottish bro. Look at that up. It's his last name is Chalmers. This Thomas Chalmers. Look him up. You'll see that he had some Freemason ties and he was a minister. Yeah. He had both of the, that's the devil and God, you know, which one was more important to him. We don't know, but uh, so that type of stuff happens and, and you see like, it, it's just, if you understand Genesis and the way that we understand it, you don't need to put a gap. You understand that it says Shemaim, which is heavens, and you see mm -hmm. earth, the foundations, the continents were not there yet. But when people right. see earth, they think of this ball and they think right. that God wiped it out because of all this bad that the devil did and blah, he ruled the earth and all, they had all this stuff that I have no idea where they got it from. I don't know. I don't know. You know? But all power to them if they want to keep preaching that. But I well, think it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Like Isaiah and I were actually just talking about that earlier, and it's just like because we, I mean, we read some, we read books. Like there's some of the some of the books that you read. You like you come across some sort of sometimes some interesting theories, right, yes. or, or ideas, and the gap theory is one of them. And we were just we were just talking about it, and the conclusion we came to was like, I don't know, we can't definitively say it from scripture, and so yep. it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I don't know. It, Tohu Abohu was only talked about in Jeremiah and in Genesis. So they try to connect these two together. And as now right. I understand, you know, it's all good. I just feel like if you understand it from the perspective that we're we're studying, I don't need there to be a gap. I don't need anything right. like that. Right. Because yeah, yeah. if God made the foundations and he made the abuso, which is the abyss, and he made he made shield and everything there already, and then the continents came up out of the water, then then we're good. You know what I mean? Like we're okay. We don't need all that stuff. And we know about the firmament. Yeah. We don't believe it's an expanse. We don't believe it's a canopy uh, covering yeah. the earth that's ice. Because yeah. how could that be if, if if the moon, sun, and the stars are inside of that? If you had a, a, a galaxy, a universe, and, and you have a canopy around the earth, that's one firmament. You'd have to have a, a, firmament, a second firmament. And then you have God's crystalline. Uh, maybe it's a firmament. I don't know what to call it. But you'd have to have three. But God said he created the firmament. And he also called the firmament heaven. So yeah. one of the heavens would be where the moon, sun, and the stars are located. The other heaven would be the firmament. And then the third heaven, which Paul talks about going to, would be God's throne. And that yeah. is yeah. above the firmament. And yeah. where do I get that idea from? I get that from uh, Ezekiel 126. You know, uh, if you guys, if we want to go there real quick, Ezekiel yeah, 126 uh, talks about this. It says, this is uh, the, the King James Version. It says, and above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of appearance of a man above upon it. If you look at God's word trans translation, which I'd never read that one. I don't know, man. I'm just saying this one says above the dome over their heads was something that looked like a throne made of sapphire on the throne was a figure that looked like a human. Okay. So that's one of the verses. Um, also, Ezekiel 10, 1, then I looked and behold, in the firmament was the above the head of the cherubims. There appeared them uh, was a sapphire stone as the appearance of likeness of a throne. So what he's talking about, and Ezekiel got taken up with his hair. Okay, this is, uh, uh, Ezekiel talked about this in, let me see which verse this was. Uh, so th there's one where he talked about going into the north, but okay, so. Ezekiel 8.3, this is another thing that I thought was interesting, okay? 
He says, he stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me in visions uh, of God to Jerusalem to the door of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. So now Ezekiel is talking about looking through the firmament and seeing a throne, right? Which I think is super interesting. He's ta also talking about the cherubim being below the firmament. Right. So I think that's really interesting. So um, a lot of people, they, when they dig into Ezekiel, they start talking about UFOs and all this stuff. But they right. just leave out these verses that I thought were like, what, what, what are they talking about, dude? Also, uh, you know, the divine council, right? When you when you right. hear God talking to the divine council, which I think is amazing, it, it's very interesting. Um, those spirits, they can't be outside of space and time. You know what I mean? Like the lying spirit, he can't be outside of space and time like God. So God is meeting in a court with these people. You know what I mean? And there's also like uh, in Revelation, it's also talking about the 24 elders sitting on thrones. There's like right. a court in heaven, but God is the only one that could be outside of space and time. So I think he goes and he meets these people in a physical, I think meets these spirits and these angels in a physical location of heaven, which I think Ezekiel is talking about actually going into right here, the North Gate in the North. Where do we where do we think uh, God is located? For me, I think that God would be located in the like the very middle of the flat Earth, and then you know he can yeah. probably obviously go wherever he wants to go, right? Um, say, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, please, 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 go ahead. I was gonna say so, like if you if you research into, I can't remember exactly where it's found, but when it talks about the colors, oh right, of yeah, the, yeah. the gems that are around God's throne, and then you think about what the Northern Lights. The Aurora, the Aurora Borealis, the colors of the Northern Lights, mm -hmm. they're like yep. these, they match up perfectly, like that red, green. I think it was um, emerald, yeah. emerald, mm -hmm. uh, sapphire, and ruby, or something like that. They always talk yeah. about sapphire every time they talk about God, even when he was in Exodus. It talks about yeah. sapphire being beneath him. Uh, Ezekiel talks about sapphire being beneath mm -hmm. him. You know, so uh, I think that that has to, you know, it's it, it now sapphire can come in like any color. So, but I think that green would probably be the one I would be thinking of. Or it's a blue. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? It could be blue like the sky, you know? I mean, I think it's interesting how the sky is blue, you know, like, and, and there's waters above the firmament, right? So I think that's interesting. But um, I just think it gets really, it, it gets really interesting when you start breaking down these verses and looking at it that way. But when I see that the cherubim would be like kind of below the firmament, what I think is interesting is when you go into like the book of Daniel and you hear that um, that when he does his prayer, it took 21 days for, I guess, Gabriel or for the angel to come and answer his prayer. What he said is he had to go and fight the prince of Persia and he had to have Michael the archangel help him. So I think between the firmament and earth, I think that's where the angels and the demons are. are the, I'm sorry, the fallen angels, excuse me, the fallen angels. And, and the angels are fighting, bro. I think that's where the warfare is going on, which is where, where the moon, sun, and the stars would be located, right? Mm -hmm. I think that, that it seems like that biblically sometimes, that's what I believe, you know? Um, and I believe God's throne is above the firmament, right? So it seems like the spiritual warfare is happening there, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, that's what the book of Daniel is saying. Principalities and pow powers and uh, rulers. rulers and darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. In high yeah. places, right? And then why is God called the most high? Right. He's at yeah. the highest point of creation, the highest point that you could be. Now, he is, is he the highest um, in all, all places? Of course. But right. even an angel in Luke was saying that uh, you are he's going to be the son of the highest, which is like he's at the highest point of creation. His throne below that 
you know, it's it's the ferment, the water, and then the firmament, and yeah. so it really makes sense when you when you think about it like that, right? And like you said, in high places, bro, I've never heard that, bro, not like that hit the nail, <laughs> boom. They're in uh, high so places. Go ahead. When we think about it like that too, like this kind of three tier system where God's above, you got the plane, this realm that we live on, and then hell below. Like it really simplified things for me, like. I remember reading the Bible uh, before I understood the biblical cosmology and I would just think like Jesus ascended. And then my imagination would kick on and be like, okay, so he didn't really go up. He went out and he didn't really go out because that's like weird. How's he going to go into the vacuum of space? So he kind of like, like, you know, transformed into this strange dimension. But when you think like Jesus actually went up, like he ascended, yeah. or he descended into the hell, into the, the, he you know, the below. Into the earth, earth went down, right? It was descended into the earth, right? That's and he earth. was able to walk through walls when he came when he resurrected, right? So he, that's why we become spirits because we can go into the earth to hell, or we could go through the solid firmament, which nobody physically is going to be able to get through. You have to be a spirit. So I think that's interesting. And also, where did Enoch go? Enoch went up to heaven. Well, yeah, where yeah, did yeah. Elijah go? Elijah went up. To yeah. heaven, right? And then where did uh, uh, Jesus go? He ascended up to heaven. Wow. Let me think about this real quick. Where did Paul go? He went up, up. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Up. And what is, like you said, what is up on this rotating ball that keeps spinning? And, and right. we don't know where up is. Does he have to like time it perfectly? What about when Jesus comes and he's and he's riding on a cloud trying to land on this earth that's rotating at 66,000 miles an hour? Wouldn't God simplify things and, and just have the, the firmament and him peel it back like a scroll and have Jesus come through? That's a lot easier, I would think, than having to try to land on a from a cloud or, or even when like the new Jerusalem comes down, he's like trying to stick it right in yes. there, <laughs> land it just perfect. Like, come and on. then how? And then also another question I would have: This is another thing that pertains to to the firmament and it, and and then heaven being connected to the earth. Okay, what about like why would God have to make a new heaven and a new earth? Why wouldn't He just make a new earth? What nobody thinks about that, right? Because the reason why He has to make a new heaven and a new earth is because they're connected. God's throne right. is above the firmament and then earth is down here. So that's why he would have to make a new heaven and a new earth, you know? So I think that's, it's amazing. Also Amos nine, six, I don't know if you've ever uh, gotten to this verse, but. Oh yeah, I uh, got that one in the new ASB version too. Probably. Yeah. 2020 NASB version. Yeah. yeah so, so you can that. go over it if you have it. I'll let you go over it. So I don't hog the verses. <laughs> I'm looking for it. Okay. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have it, I have it right here. Yeah. Dear, yeah. Go for it. it. Okay, so it says, the one, speaking of God, who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth, he right. who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth, the Lord is his name. You know, God is great. So, um, yeah, so it's it's just, it's amazing, man. Like that type of thing, you see, he first of all, he builds his upper chambers in the heavens. So there's like, that's what he's, that's what I'm talking about. He can walk on the chambers of heavens, you know, that like, it just makes sense, bro. You know what I mean? It makes sense. Yeah. And when you're a kid, when you're a kid, where did you guys think heaven was located? Up. Where'd you think hell was located? Below. Down. Simple. <laughs> In the earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. It's really simple, man. And, and as you go through, um, science classes, as you go through life and, and you, um, and you, you start getting, um, you know, yeah, no problem. 
sorry, my my roommate was talking to me. Um, when you start getting uh, all this indoctrination, and and then you go to church, what it is is it puts a brick wall between you and Genesis, and you and and whenever the underworld, whenever whenever uh uh you know Jesus says down, and and they keep saying down, and they keep saying down. All you hear when they talk about hell is down, down, down. You know what I mean? And and when you hear about heaven, all you hear is up, up, up. And what when I ask somebody like that, that's I mean like these people are like really good theologians that come on my show. I'm like, where is heaven located for you? You know, where is it? And they're like, uh, it's up. It's in another dimension, you know? So what's the Hebrew word for dimension? Like, is there a Hebrew word for dimension? No, they don't know what it is because there isn't one. Okay, what about hell? Where's hell located? Oh, it's in the earth, but in another dimension or it's in the black hole or it's like, this is not biblical. They're not pulling this from the Bible at all. They're pulling this from what man has taught them. Uh, what Albert Einstein said, there's 11 dimensions. So they feel, you know, and I'm not saying that there's not a, like a spirit world and a, and, a, and a physical world. I'm not saying that, but that's what they say. That's our immediate answer is that it's in another dimension because that's what they've been taught through science. So they're mixing science with the Bible, you know? Totally. Totally. Hey, have you checked out or have you heard of the, um, so how we talked about the the moon and the sun, right? And, you know, from observation's sake, they're the same size right like absolutely and and you know it took me it wasn't only like probably two years ago where i was reading the book of enoch and it actually talks about that in the book of enoch have you heard that like in enoch um 72 oh, yeah. i studied that i've studied you, all this man and i love it keep going they, my audience has not heard of this so please please anything that you think of man you just come up with and i would love to hear it so so in enoch 72 verse 37 it says speaking of the sun and the moon it says and his light that's the sun is sevenfold brighter than that of the moon, but as regards size, they are both equal. They are both equal. So they're not only different types of light, the sun is seven times brighter, but they're the same exact size. That's why when like we have a you know certain eclipses, if those two lights, whatever they are, I don't really know yeah. exactly what they are, right? But whenever yeah. they come into alignment, it's like boom, you can see the corona of the sun because it's exactly the same size as the moon. That's like and it's supposedly 400 times further away. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. And it matches, and, you know. And thinking about like the sun and the moon, Josh, this is so cool to think about too. When I first became, um, no, not, not, when, not when I became a, um, a flat earther. When I first became a Christian and I heard this story, I remember just trying to imagine it on the ball and the sun. And it was um, the story in Joshua, right? Oh, when yeah. The sun Joshua and the moon. Still, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think like any Christian who seriously take, who takes the Bible seriously has to like ask themselves, okay, does this make sense? Right. And it says, uh, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the sons of Israel. And he said to the, uh, in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon and O moon in the valley of Aijalon. And uh, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. And is it not written in the book of Jasher? And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. So and, like, like, what does that like? Think of the implications of that. Like the sun stopped, the, the earth stopped rotating, the moon stopped, like that would be absolute devastation on this earth, right? Yes. That, would, that would like cause gravitational forces to cease and there would be no more life on earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so- um, so there's a few things you could pull out of this, which is it, it's just amazing. Now, when it says that it goes down about a whole day in the Hebrew, that means go away from. 
you know, they, they they didn't believe that it went down like and it went around the the flat Earth. It's it's go away from, and that's what we believe in as flat Earthers that it goes away. And um, so that's there's that. Also, if you look in the Book of Jasher, it is in there, and yeah. and and they don't want us to read the Book of Jasher. Like people are, don't right. don't read the Book of Jasher. It's that stuff's all bad. Dude, Joshua was saying it's in the Book of Jasher, and it is in there. So that's really crazy. Also, yeah. it's two geographical locations that they stopped at, right? right. Yeah. That's real. Okay, they have to be closer for that to happen. They can't yep. be that so far. They can't be that far away, dude. Where it's just like, oh, they. they he's talking about two. G and also, Joshua was, dude. He was down, bro. That I was. I'm named after Joshua. Not saying like I'm yeah. crazy or anything, but listen, he was down, dude. He is praying this. Knowing that he's speaking it with, with you know, knowing that that the sun is going to stop, you know what I mean. And God is is accepting this prayer and He making it happen. Yeah, God's not going to accept a lie, and God's not going to have the holy. Which every all scriptures inspired by God, right? So God's not going to tell us a lie right here. He would right. just tell us what happened. I stopped the earth from moving, and I stopped the, the moon sun, and the, the sun, sun yeah. Yeah, from sun, moving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he could tell us that. He doesn't need to tell us in this way because yeah, it's yeah. a deceit. Deceive, deceiving us is not what he's trying to do. Right. Those that are uh, wearing the lab coats, those that are atheists, those that I wouldn't go to an atheist and ask him, hey, what advice on salvation? I don't need to hear his advice on salvation. He doesn't have salvation. So I'm not going to go to him and ask him about this verse and, and, and him tell me, well, the earth must have stopped. And you know what I mean? I don't need to do that. I can go directly to the source to God or, or speak to Jesus, you know, to God. So I think that's interesting. Um, also, uh, another thing is in Habakkuk 3.11, uh, you know, this is another verse that's talking about the sun stood still. It says that the sun and mood stood still in their habitation at the light of thine arrows. They went and the shining of thy glittering spear. So now we have uh, Habakkuk and Joshua both saying that the sun and mood stood still. Um, and then in Isaiah 38, uh, seven through eight, it says yeah. that the sun went backwards 10 degrees. Right. Like what? 10 degrees, like it's a sky clock. Like, wow, that's really interesting, right? And um, so we have that. Um, and it also talks about the sun that had gone down, but it's really the sun had gone away from, right? Um, and then there's another verse, dude, that I, that I think was interesting was, um, it's the one that they say is on uh, the tombstone of Warner Von Braun, right? So uh, Psalm 19.1. Psalms 19.1. Now, Psalm 19.1 is, is great. But I think what he did for me, I think he left us a breadcrumb, dude, to read the yeah. whole Psalm 19, 1 through 6. Because mm -hmm. when you, what it is, is 19, 1, uh, you could take that right there and you could say, you know what, maybe he's talking about the expanse. But he wrote the King James one. He said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork, right? But if you keep reading, bro, 1 through 6, you're like, okay, now this is talking about the sun moving, bro. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And 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 in the way that he explains this, let, let's let's see how it is. Psalms 19, 1 through 6. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. That's all that's amazing. I love that. That you know, God called the firmament heaven, right? It says, Day unto day uttereth speech, and the night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language, there is no voice that not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world, and them he uh, hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoice as a strong man to run a race. He is going 
from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from heat thereof. So yeah. it's, you know, on a race you go like, you know, basically you start at one point and then you end right at the same point. Yeah. Right. So that's interesting. Also um, it's talking about um, uh, it's going forth is from the end of the heavens. Right. So it's talking about basically going at the, like pretty much getting close to the end of the firmament. The firmament is called heaven. Right. So the it's in the firmament. I think that's interesting. It's also moving. Uh, I think that whole, the whole, uh, Versus interesting. What do you guys think about that one, man? Uh, well, I think it's killer. Like that, it's just a big clock, right? Like that whole sun is just the sun, moon, stars is just a big clock. And I think someone, I heard someone tell us it's the sun tells you what hour it is, the moon tells you what day, week it is, and the stars tell you what month year it is. Like it's really <laughs> just an incredibly complex, awesome clock. Um, I that wanted to great. go back to that verse that you mentioned, though Isaiah thirty-eight eight. I think. And just the implications of that, like if if that if the Earth were a globe, right, and we're revolving around the sun spinning, for the sun to go backwards ten degrees would mean that the the Earth would have to stop revolving or rotating and then rotate backwards, like in Superman two. Like the Superman two, yeah, <laughs> was like wait a minute, what? Like think about the implications of that. And so, like. I'll talk to Christians all the time about that. And I'll just say, you know, can we just believe God's word? I mean, he says that he like moved the sun back and they'll be like, well, God can do anything. He could turn back the earth rotating. I'm like, wait a minute. It's an excuse. You can believe that he would stop the earth from rotating, but you just can't even believe that he built the earth the way he described the earth. Yeah. Come on, man. Do you believe the word or not? You know, In terms of uh, kind of the circuit that we're talking about of the sun, I think it's really cool. You mentioned uh, a verse in Job earlier, and I was I was skimming and reading through Job earlier this morning, and it's amazing the amount of the amount of stuff you find in the book of Job. Like, I I read one that I'd never really thought about today. It was Job twenty six seven through ten. I'm reading out of the New King James. This okay. is the Bible I have here. Um, talking about, basically, this is Job's response to uh, his friend Bildad, and he's kind of defending the majesty of God in terms of man's frailty. But he says, and starting in verse seven, he says, he stretches out the north over empty space, kind of like how you're talking about the north, yeah. the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing, which means he didn't hang the earth. Like he, he didn't need to hang it on anything. Hmm. Um, then he says, he binds up the water in his thick clouds, yet the clouds are not broken under it. He covers the face of his throne and spreads his cloud over it. Then he says in verse 10, he drew a circular horizon on the face of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. So it's, so it's, it's when you have when you have that, that circuit, it all works in this circle. And then you go over to the fact that it's like a clock and every clock is a circle with a, a <laughs> dial around it just as yes. And you can use the sun to predict what time it is. Yeah. Yes. All the time. It's it's pretty cool. Like it's just all of it's right right there. If we just and Job and Job too, it's so interesting. Uh, with the way he, like, smacks humans down. Like, where were you when right. I laid the foundations of the earth? Yep. So he would say that to these scientists that are trying to tell us all this stuff and confuse all of our brains. Like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I, you know, created bind Pilates, when I made this, when I, where were you at? You were nothing. You might be here for 60 years. You might be here for 80 years. You might be here for whatever, however long some of these scientists, but they're not here for eternity. So how are you going to tell God how he created the earth and how anybody, how are you going to try to tell you, the only way that we can understand how he did anything is by reading God's word. 
And like yes, I said, sir. all scriptures inspired by God. So the way he speaks to Job is also cool. Like how he's trying to say, like, listen, human, you know what I mean? I'm God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he kind of like, it's almost like flat smacking someone, but he, he's just like trying to tell flat them, like, smacking. listen, man, you don't <laughs> yeah, understand, don't. you know? Elihu did that too. Like in, in um, Job 37, verse 18, he says, like he starts off that section by saying, listen to this, O Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Like he's basically saying, get off your high horse and just think about it. And then it skips down to 18. He says, um, with him, have you like basically saying, were you with him with him? Have you spread out the sky strong as a cast metal mirror? <laughs> and I think it's just like, like you're saying there is it's, it's really like a flat smack. Like you, you're just <laughs> saying like, wake up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And um, I think and then it's... Paul tells us, and then Paul tells us in Romans one, right? It's like like professing to be wise, they became fools, and I think that's where we're at. Like we think we know so much, and we're just yeah, so everything so is at our fingertips, you know. So here's something that God can tell you: like, listen, uh, you have no excuses to not know me because you can know different languages. You can learn Greek. You can learn Spanish. You could you could learn all these different things. Hebrew, you can learn it right now. You have everything at your fingertips. And I'm not saying that all the stuff at our fingertips is a good thing. A lot of this stuff is, but like you said, knowledge is going to increase in the end times, right? Right now we have no excuse because I could take that Job verse that you just said, and I can look at it every single different translation, every different version uh, in, in Hebrew and Greek and, and just study that one verse for like five hours if I wanted to, because I have the ability to do that. Other yeah. people that lived couldn't, didn't even know how to read. And they, they had to have like a, a priest, you know, speak to them and tell them what the Bible's saying. And they did, they weren't able to interpret it for themselves. Can you imagine right. what we have now? God is so great to, to, to give us this. And we sit there and let a pastor teach us every week and not ever study it for ourselves. Yeah, oh, man, come on guys. So I think that's interesting, but yeah, like, like he made this guy firm, and like molten looking glass is another way that they put that, right? So yeah. we got to understand yeah. uh, the sky uh, is firm, right? Because there's a firmament, right? I think that's really uh, the word to use. Uh, when they say firm, it, you know, the sky is hard. So also Proverbs 8, 27 through 29 is another thing. I, I really like the way he explains this. Um, so we believe, you know, I do believe that Antarctica is on the outside. I do believe yeah. that, um, that water needs containment. You know, I do believe that, uh, the firmament, I don't know if it connects to the earth. I don't know how that works because the Bible doesn't tell us exactly, but I do believe that I think it would connect right to the earth. So, and, yeah. yeah. So Makes here's sense. the thing that Proverbs eight twenty seven through 29, it's really interesting how he puts this. He says, when he established the heavens, I, uh, it says wisdom was there. And he drew a circle upon the face of the deep when he made firm the skies above, when the fountains and springs of the deep became fixed and strong, when he set for sea the its boundaries so that the waters would not transgress. So the seas have a boundary. Why does the sea have a boundary? Well, the sea ha does have a boundary. I believe that that's Antarctica and that's the boundary, right? And he says that... Um, his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth. He talks about the foundations so often, but people don't know what the foundations of the globe is, but we know what the foundations of the flat earth is. It is what's beneath us. And it's also where shield, where the abyss, where everything, bottomless pit, all that stuff is, is right. But I just thought it was interesting. He said he made firm the skies above. Yeah. Why does he use that word firm right there? You know, yeah. 
and the waters don't transgress. Wow. What is he talking about? You know, he's also talking about the springs of the deep became fixed and strong, right? So there's waters and, and springs that happen when the flood happened, right? It talks about three different events. You know, it talks about, um, it talks about the heavens open, the firmament yeah. open, the waters coming in. It talks about it raining for 40 days and 40 nights. And it talks about the springs, the waters coming up. So there's like three different events there that flooded the earth. Other people would be like, just like pastors, a lot of them teach. They're like, well, uh, what, what it means with the heavens being open is that it started raining and it's the first time it rained. That's not right. what's happening here. You know, in the wow. book of Enoch, it talks about windows opening and, and, and the firmament. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, bro. And the, and the word for window is, it, it was sleuth. Okay. And a sleuth is is a door that holds back water, and when it's open, it releases water. Like it wasn't like, you know. It's Come on, guys. Right? So there's water above the firmament. God, this is a way to to flood it, dude. If you have, yep. uh, you know, if you think of like a um, like a snow globe, for example, I know people always make fun. No, it's not a snow globe, but the dude, it's 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 it's, it's uh, it goes for infinity. So listen. <laughs> If you think about this, like a snow globe, right? And and the way that all you have to do is open up the 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 uh, the firmament, have the waters come in, and you also have waters coming out from the bottom, and you also have it raining, right? Here's what you got to do: all you have to do is have it go above Mount Everest and above uh uh above um Antarctica. As long as the waters rise above that in this snow globe, the whole Earth is flooded. Yep. But no, it was a local flood. No, it was the, let me make all these excuses like in the book. You know what I mean? Like guys, when you read that verse, the way we understand it now, when we think of the flood, think about that, dude. We yeah. see it as three separate events and that, and then God said he closed the, the mm -hmm. windows of heaven and then he yeah. stopped the rain and he stopped the water from, that's three separate events that he stopped as well. He doesn't need to say it like that if it just rained for 40 days and 40 nights. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And it was so cool. Like if you think about the flood, right. And I guess just like, like connecting it to today, you know, we think about that flood and we think, oh, that was God's judgment on a wicked, wild world full of Nephilim creatures and whatever. And true. But it was also an act of mercy. It was a preservation of the seed line of Adam so that Messiah could come. Right. It's pretty flipping cool because like uh, Satan and his, you know, angelic invasion in Nephilim 6 was, the whole point was to disrupt genetically the seed line of Adam so that Messiah couldn't come and redeem mankind, right? Yeah. At, at least that's my interpretation of the scriptures. And then, and God flooded the world, wiped out that, uh, you know, those genetic aberrations, right? Yeah. Um, contamination, so to speak. While still preserving the last. While still preserving pure bloodlines, pure animal lines, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and, yeah. And that savior to come. Um, and then we have that sign of the rainbow and it's no wonder that Satan hasn't hijacked the rainbow and like yeah. turned it into this perverse thing that almost now Christians see a rainbow and are kind of offended. Like, oh, yeah, man, the they stuff. would never fly a rainbow on their car. They would never, right. do, you know what I mean? Because, yep. and then the rainbow is pretty interesting that they, they only have six colors with the, with the, you know, the people that hijacked it and we have yep. seven. Right. And, yeah. and there's a lot of things there that, that are really interesting. Um, the way that the firmament is right. The firmament would be there. And then the rainbow, a lot of people talk about that I, i'm not 100 percent on any of that i you know what i mean uh some people say that rainbows are actually a full circle too i don't know but i think it gets interesting man but also yeah, every thought was evil like it wasn't just right. like there was some evil people here some evil people there they says that every thought was evil like every thought dude you know what i mean so 
it was a, uh, like you said, a cleansing of the DNA. And it talks about like uh, Moses, or I'm sorry, Noah having um, uh, perfect, you know, and, and the way that they put that is is like perfect genes or perfect generation. It wasn't, it wasn't like a um, perfect man like Jesus or anything like that, right? Not like, like right. he walked with God every day and he was perfect. It wasn't like speaking like that. It was speaking more like uh, Chuck Mister would say, you know, uh, more of genetically, you know what I yeah. mean? So I think what? all that stuff, it, it's really, dude, the, the Nephilim thing will wake you up. It'll shake and wake you up, you know, uh, and you start learning about the flood. You think of it a totally different way. It's a way you can explain to atheists, like, why would you worship a God that would kill all men, women, and children? Why do you yeah. have him killing all men, women, and children of a tribe? Why do they, once you understand this, it opens up an, one Pandora's box. And then when you go into Genesis and you understand the flat earth, it opens up another Pandora's box. And now you're like reading Genesis in a, in a totally different way, dude. And it's, it's amazing, man, because you start to understand unpacking that the devil can just, just control so much information. It's like information war on all different levels. He's playing 3d chess, you know, or 5d chess. And we're playing checkers all the time. We don't know what's up, you know, because our pastors are teaching us a certain way. And that's all like, I always say it, man. It's like, it's great. And pastors do an amazing job and I respect all of them and I'm not trying to put any of them down, but at the same time, we have to, uh, study, uh, you know, like we have to be able to teach them like the whole, the whole enchilada. How can I put it? You know, not mm -hmm. just like to just concentrate on these things that make you feel good and all that stuff. Yeah, like there's yeah. a lot that, that people don't understand. If I go into a Bible study at, at, at these churches and I start talking, bro, um, I could, I could make people just think I'm crazy, but I'm literally speaking what the Bible says. And they just don't never get to those verses. They never, yeah. when they touch on like the, the firmament, they talk about it's canopy, right. And people will, will, will not really ask, what does that mean? They just, hmm. you know, cause they've heard Ken Hovind maybe say, Oh, it was ice around the earth or they never really get into, they don't say the firmament, but they read King James on everything else. Why you got to go to some other Bible verse <laughs> when you're talking about the firmament, bro? I tell right. my, my pastor, like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you have a chance to explore something and explain something to these people that would that would make them, like, either be a, a thousand percent like Paul was, or you could be zero percent. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're a thousand percent like Paul was, you're going to accept everything God says, no matter what. And you're going to be like, this is this is the truth. You know what I mean? This is it. And there's, and no one's going to take that away from me because this is what God says, you know? I think too, like uh, it's super important right now too, because when I first started looking at this, Josh, like it was like, I, I had three questions that I had to ask myself, like, okay, what's the motive behind this whole deception? What's the model? Like it, it, if there's this flatter thing, like how does it work? Right. Compared to what we've been taught. And then third is like, what, the, what does the word say? And when I first was looking into it, um, like I was convinced that the motive was that um like satan would convince the world through this glob this globular theory this globe earth theory that aliens were going to show up and they were going to like they were going to be the antichrist and tell us that we were your progenitors and we are your gods my understanding of what the motive is is totally different now i think over like because it's it's been like eight years since i started looking at the flat earth and kind of thinking about like the tactics of satan and like prophecy and like what the end times is going to kind of unveil and i think the motive is different i think i think it has more to do with satan needing the nations to join him in the battle against 
the cloud rider when he returns right it says the nations gather to make war with the, with the with, the, yeah. uh, with the coming christ so yeah i think what he's trying to do is deceive the world into thinking that we have an existential threat named jesus christ yeah and we need to arm ourselves against it and um what's every what's every movie franchise in yeah. the past 20 years been about you got right. yeah all the comic books is about like that's what yeah you had it written yeah. down so yeah, like yeah. really yeah like the avengers movie like if you sum up the whole avengers movie it's like there's this nearly all powerful entity named thanos coming to earth to kill half the universe and we need to use our demigods our transhumanists our nephilim and the best of you know the yeah. wizards and whatever to fight this coming entity it's like oh what like it's that's so gnostic bro it's so yeah. gnostic and that's so gnostic. that's what all the movies are dude the matrix uh there's so many movies that are gnostic where where our god that we worship is the evil god and satan is just trying to give you knowledge what does science mean it's knowledge right trying yeah. to give you knowledge and he's the one that wanted you to be like them you know like gods yeah. you know what i mean the, he, he yeah. was the one that wanted to you know he's your buddy he's your pal but god He's jealous. He doesn't want you to be like that. You know, that's yeah. what the whole Gnostic thing is about, bro. And it's, and that's all Freemasonry. That's all yeah. these esoteric, all that esoteric knowledge is all about that fight against sure. God. And then what do you see? Tower of Babel, right? When I look at the Tower of Babel before, that's another thing in the Bible where I used to think that the Tower of Babel was, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even be able to conceive it. Oh, they're trying to build up to heaven like what are they going to do like build up there and then there's going to they're, they're not going to be able to breathe when they get to a certain point what it is yeah. is they're literally trying to build head up to the heavens to the firmament where god's yeah. throne is located and they're trying to break through and kill god you know and, like and that, yeah it wasn't about like oh these men were, were trying to do something and god was like oh they're getting too powerful nah they're trying to literally go and kill God. And if you read the book of Jasher and other books, it was actually like a mile by a mile. And they were like, it was a giant thing. And, and when, when someone drops a brick down, they're more mad than when someone falls off of the thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, what's crazy. I was listening to Zen Garcia talk about it. Like he's saying that like, it was massive dude. And they were literally like wanting to kill God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do and, and you think that if he's not going to let them build a tower to heaven, he's going to let these three Freemasons fly to the moon? Really? Right. You right. Think, yeah. You think they're going to let NASA, uh, Saturn, which is like a Saturn God, or, uh, uh, Apollo, which is another God, all these yeah. different esoteric things that they brought. You think that God's going to allow this and just let these people do this? A Nazi, uh, Werner von Braun, uh, Disney, all these yeah. different people that are involved with this, 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 uh, mm. this, uh, this magical lie. Do you think that God's going to allow these people to fly to the moon and just be on there playing golf, looking like, like, uh, you know, they're having a good time. Like <clears throat> this is, and, this is. And, and really like when they flew to the moon, right? Like they basically just said, because who, who ascends into heaven, but the son of man, right? Jesus said that. And so when, when mankind got into Apollo and they flew up to the moon, they basically said, we can do what Jesus did. Yeah. Like that was a huge statement. And they're reading Genesis, man. One of them, they're reading Genesis in the beginning. God created. So all the, all the Christians are like, the moon landing happened. Oh, we believe it. Look at, they're all Christians. And now when I try to tell people about the flat earth, they're like, those people were all Christians, bro. Like, really, bro? Like, listen to me, man. Like, also like uh, Isaac Newton, he was Christian. Uh, Copernicus, yeah. he's a priest. And I'm like, dude, 
you guys don't under you, you never peel back the onion. You just listen to what the mainstream says, which you don't. Oh, you won't listen to about the mainstream about Trump, but you will listen to the mainstream about Copernicus. Like, are you kidding me? Like, let's go, guys. Like, study, 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 and find it. You know, show yourself approved, like the Bible says. And I'm not sure, saying yeah. that it's important for you to sit there and concentrate on all this flatter stuff. Because as we say, man, worship the creator, not the created. That's another thing we need to right. like get on the table here. Because um, I, I'm sure Matt and Isaiah, both of you guys, um, we're not here to represent the flat earth and be like, all right, guys, let's fight for the flat earth. No, we're here to fight for Jesus. We're here to fight for God. That's the most important. And what we're trying to show you like, is that, um, you know, you can't, get duped or deceived like jesus says don't be deceived in the end times there's so many deceptions that are happening like right. i said 5d chess is happening around you and you're sitting here listening to a pastor that's not even equipped for this battle you know what i mean right. i'm not saying that that all pastors are not equipped but some of them are not equipped dude they're here to they're here to preach uh and keep butts in the seat that yeah. I'll, I'll wrap it you know they're here to preach and keep butts in the seat that's it that's, and and that's and, and they have yeah. a a board of directors that'll say like, you better not talk about the Nephilim, okay? You better not talk about flatter. You better not talk about the firmament. You better not do that. And then you got to tiptoe through it. And there's a lot of pastors that that do an amazing job, and and some of them are are doing great. I'm not saying anything, but I'm I am just saying that as Christians, understand that the Bible is meant now, especially for you to read yourself. So whatever your pastor teaches you, you go home and you study that. Because yeah. he might have a little thing that where he has a camp that he's listening to and he's always listened to and he's never gone outside of that camp. And if you're stuck in a camp like like Matt was bringing up, you're going to always be in that camp and you're going to get deceived when they might be wrong how they interpreted that that those verses. You need to find out you go to different camps, go to different uh, teachers, go to different pastors. You study it yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit. Is this the correct way to interpret? You need to like do some work. Because this, this life is like when you go, when Jesus says um, something that's just sent chills up your spine, but when Jesus says that I never knew you, like there's a lot to that. A lot of it is, has to do with probably maybe you sitting there and, 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 and your pastor speaking to you and you're sitting in that seat and the pastor teaches you and you never pick up the Bible yourself. You know what I mean? You never get a relationship with God. Your, your relationship is only whatever you're hearing from the pastors. And that's, you know, whatever, whatever makes you feel good. Hey, that's whatever. That's a positive feeling in life. Cool. But I think that Jesus is talking about like, I need you to be with me like all the way. And the only way you can do that is if you're taking that Bible, like, like Matt and Isaiah are talking about and reading it. And it's beautiful to see a father, son on here talking and both of you guys having this type of uh, conversation because Man, that's this is much needed, dude. Much needed in life, bro, right now. Yes, sir. We need to be like the Bereans, right? Acts 1711, right? Search the scriptures to see if what your pastor is saying is true. Yeah. Um, and then like uh gosh, I think like right now the flat earth understanding or biblical cosmology, right? I, I don't go around saying I'm a flat earther. Like I usually use the biblical cosmology terminology because people are, <laughs> it makes them think a little bit more, right? Um, it prevents some walls being thrown up right away. Yeah. Their, their pre-programmed yes. knee-jerk reaction is like, well, you're going to sell over the edge of the earth or whatever, right? <laughs> um, but it's so important right now because especially what we're seeing in the news, like UFOs, like we're being bombarded bombarded in the news with uh, like UFO sightings and now alien sightings, like actual beings being yes. sighted and reported in the news. And if you have a flat earth or biblical cosmology, you understand 
that's that's demonic that's yeah or or it's just deceptive of of mankind influenced by satan and we know that there are no entities coming from other planets because there are no other planets <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, are yeah. Earth, right yeah. and the word planet actually is um it's a it's a hebrew word or it comes from a, a no sorry a greek word planeos which is yeah. like a wandering star or off track star or so or something like that so when you hear the word planet earth it's actually like a deceived earth (laughs) and also in the book of jude it talks about the planets getting judged what is he talking about there guys oh well the planets you know what i mean so it's it's really interesting how how they they threw all these planets rotating around the sun also because the sun is like it's heliocentric right so you're basically worshiping the sun copernicus talk about the sun being enthroned and everything's rotating around it they talk about the sun giving life they talk about the sun walking on the water they talk about all this stuff about the sun it's like damn dude that's that's worship of the sun what is all these different egyptian uh sun god right ra amen ra we have uh apollo we have uh uh minerva we have all these different sun gods right um that 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 they want us to worship so What's happening there when they're explaining? They're explaining it like the sun is God, right? It's just yeah. like man, it, the, the, it's it's lighting up the world. They try to take all these different things, and uh, so yeah, that's what we're seeing there, and it's really interesting, man. Um, so yeah, if you guys want, if you guys have anything else, you know, we hey, could. Josh, I got one last cool thing. I thought that was pretty interesting that I didn't know about this for uh, only like a couple months now. I found it. I can't remember if I heard it on a podcast or some researcher. And because I've read the book of Enoch before, and I, I I love Enoch, and I think it's a it's a great book for study and, and research and stuff. But I never really put this little section of scripture together, and it's in Enoch chapter eighty, verse I think six, seven, and eight. And I'll just read it to you. It's so in, it's so interesting. It says, and many chiefs of the stars shall transgress the order. Okay, this sounds like Jude, right? And these shall alter their orbits and tasks and not appear at the seasons prescribed to them. And the whole order of the stars shall be concealed from the sinners. And the thoughts of those on the earth shall err concerning them. Wow. Wow. So... Hmm. So the deceived people on earth are going to have faulty thinking about the stars in heaven. And then it says, and they shall be altered from all their ways. Yea, they shall err and take them to be gods. Jupiter. Yep. Mercury. Yeah. Saturn. Venus. Mars. uh, Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it says, and evil shall be multiplied upon them and punishment shall come upon them so as to destroy all. Like, it tells you right in Enoch, in the last days, people are going to be confused about cosmology. Of course. <laughs> yes. Okay, so there's yeah. that. And then, you know, also, we got to understand that um, Jesus says that, you know, in Mark, like, you know, as Christians, we know that Jesus could not, did not sin. So he didn't lie. So he talks about the stars falling from heaven. So what are we talking about here, guys? Like, if we had this uh, heliocentric model this Copernicus model and stars fell from heaven. The stars are supposedly bigger than our sun. How could all the stars fall from heaven, dude, on this earth? So if this, if the sight, if the stars are just luminaries, or if the stars are angels, if you mm-hmm. notice the way he, the way Enoch is speaking, is if they are angels or them or them, you know, in formations, almost like soldiers having to do the same route. 
Like, understand something, guys. If the stars were to fall from heaven in the model we have now, and everybody's talking about the Antichrist every day, the Antichrist this, Antichrist that, they're all scared of the Antichrist. We got way bigger problems to worry about, man. Like, I think Rob Skiba said this. Way bigger problems to worry about with stars falling from heaven, guys. Okay. And if you read the book of Revelation, um, that's another thing that you guys gotta understand is is there's man, if you read like the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bulls, when you start studying this stuff, and then you have you know pastors saying, Don't worry, guys, we got the rapture, you're gonna be raptured out of here and you're taken out of here, no problem. I have so many, like, cause I've been in Calvary Chapel so many years. The next thing is gonna be the rapture, guys. We're gonna be fine. We got to understand too, man, like you got to understand, you got to read different, you know, you got to understand there's different, different interpretations of the rapture. Some people feel like the rapture is not even going to happen. And it's just going to be when Jesus comes back, when we get caught up to heaven with Jesus. Um, Also, some people believe it's like a mid where like, you know, after the, if you believe in the seven year tribulation after the peace, then we go up, you know what I mean? But we don't know, man. That Paul does not say anything about like, this is when this is going to happen. And this is not connected to when Jesus comes back. It, there's nothing in there. So for those that think that they know, and they know for sure that the rapture is happening before the seven year tribulation or mid tribulation, I, I think you should go study, show yourself mm-hmm. approved and find out what's up with that. Because there's, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be going out of their minds if, if yeah. that, and they're going to lose their faith. And they're going to think that aliens took these people or they're going to think that, you know, whatever, man. Like there's a lot of stuff that, like you said, the alien deception happening as flat earthers. We know that, like you said, it's fallen angels. Uh, if there is for me, bro, I think that that our, our technology is like 50 years ahead. So I think that, you know, UFOs, they could be happening. And and, you know, that's just the government doing it and creating all these um, deceptions. You know, it could be that or it could be fallen angels in these uh crafts and you know so i I said i think we should probably study that and um and don't be deceived and also don't be afraid uh you know we we have jesus man and that's that's what we need we have god on our side you know and and with god on our side who could be against us no 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 fallen angel and and if there was aliens think about what i said earlier 2.5 trillion uh miles you know 2.5 million light years away is the closest galaxy so come on guys how fast are these aliens traveling to get over here you know you got to think about all that man if if there is aliens which i i highly highly doubt it's probably would be coming from in the earth if there was you know what i mean for sure in the earth not from different galaxies so yeah hey josh yes can i can i comment on the the rapture thing just one little thought for sure bro we need to I, i was brought up on calvary too like, you know, and, and I was like in that camp hardcore. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you that I've landed somewhere else. Like, first of all, there's no such thing as a seven year tribulation. There never has been. The only mention of seven years is in Daniel for the final 70th week of Daniel's 70 week prophecy. Um, so it's the only place we find seven years. The tribulation, the great tribulation is always three and a half years. Time, times, half a time, 42 months, 1,260 days. It's always three and a half years. Yep. It starts at the abomination of desolation. Matthew 24 says that. Jesus says that um, Paul says, you know, don't be deceived or let no one fool you right that day, the day that we're going to be gathered up and the day of the Lord doesn't happen until the revealing of the Antichrist happens first and the son of perdition is revealed. Oh, or, or the I'm sorry, or the falling away happens first and the son of perdition is revealed. So the, the the gathering doesn't happen until after the abomination. So according to Paul, and according to Jesus, I mean, 
that pre-trib rapture is scary. And, and, and this is how I always, I, I talk to people about it because I started a Bible study in my house about oh, I don't know, two years ago. Like and it was during COVID, like people were freaking out. Is this the mark of the beast, right? And all this kind of stuff. And my wife's like, I got, uh, we have all these Christian friends who um, they have no idea about prophecy. And she's like, why don't you start a Bible study? I'm like, all right. So I start rap. I start doing a Bible study in my house, right? Yeah. We go through like the rapture. Um, are we there yet? And, you know, we're, we're talking, we're going to talk about the seals and the trumpets and the bulls. And we talk about divine counsel. We, we still, we got in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was super fun. Awesome. It was a good group. A lot of, a lot of like wide eyes, like what? <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing I landed is that like teachers of the word are, are I think, are going to be held to a higher level of judgment, right? Like if you're up there teaching people, you're going to be held to a higher level of judgment. And so how I land on the scripture according or, or uh, as it pertains to the rapture is this. <laughs> if I'm going to be wrong, right? Like, let's say I'm telling everyone, hey, it's a pre-trib rapture. Don't worry about it. You won't face the Antichrist. You won't face the mark. You're not going to see the seals or the drum, uh, trumpets or the bulls. Just don't worry about it. And I go up to heaven and I'm wrong. And I've told all these people that weren't prepared to endure. I don't want to face Jesus on that day. I just don't. But if I teach them, listen, be prepared to endure. Be prepared to endure. If we get caught up at the last trump, like it says, maybe it's the seventh trump, Revelation yeah. 11. Yeah. The seventh trump blows, right? And we get caught up. Holy cow. And then I go up there, like, or, or let's say it is a pre-trib rapture. Let's say it's pre-trib rapture. And I land up there and, and Jesus goes, hey, man, why were you why were you preparing my people to endure? Yeah. I don't think he's going to be mad at me about that because they're prepared to endure. Yeah. But the pre-trib rapture teaching teaches people to look for an escape. And I... I think that the church at large for the last 2000 years has faced incredible persecution. Why on earth do we think that we're going to get out of it? Like I, like, right. Like, I just think that's, that's a pretty naive. Yeah. Well, just look at the, look at the apostles of Jesus, right? The apostles of Jesus, did they just slip out and just be fine? Did they were some of them, like what they say, Peter was uh, crucified upside down, right? I mean, right. all of them didn't escape. Uh, did any of anybody, the only people that escaped was Enoch and Elijah. And they yeah. walked with God and said that Enoch walked with God for 65 years. Now he lived for to be 365. So 300 years, who knows what he was doing, but for 65 years, he was walking with God. If you know what walking with God is, it means that he's, 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 he's basically doing God's will every day, right? Now, um, Elijah, dude, he's, he's like bringing people from the dead, bro. Like, think about this, man. Think about this. Okay. Now he's using faith in God. He has so much faith that he could bring that child from the dead, dude. It, you know what I mean? The child was dead. He brought him to life. God brought him to life, but he uses faith. It's so strong. So, you know, Elijah was walking with God in a way also like, dude, there's, there's, there's angels uh, you know, where he has to take Alicia and he has to like take the veil off and he's seeing angels like on the, on the mountains, dude, are the clouds about to attack this army. So he's really walking with God and he has true faith, bro. His yeah. shield has to be massive, bro. His faith shield. We are not really walking with God in the right way. I can, I could just, I just know, I could just feel it in my heart. I'm not, uh, Matt's not, Isaiah's not. Uh, nobody is walking with God like that. So how those people escaped, you know, those two escaped, went up to heaven. God has a plan for them. You know, we're not sure what it's going to be, but, right. um, 
we got to understand that 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 look at that example and and just and just think about it you know we are the bride of christ right so i understand so and uh the way the way that chuck missler put it he said that that god is not like a domestic violence he doesn't want to put us through that but yeah. <laughs> what does it say it says that that god is testing our faith right he's not he's not um he's not tempting us but he's testing our faith and and it says that those that endure to the end you know what i mean so yeah. bro yeah. And, and even like even like the verbiage, like right, the word wrath is orge, and Christians aren't subject to God's wrath, orge. But the word tribulation is thalipsis, and Jesus says, be of good cheer, right? Like, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Like, like yeah, I've heard that, I've heard that perspective, like, hey, we're the bride of Christ, and he doesn't believe in domestic violence. <laughs> and let me tell you, I hope so. Yeah, me too, bro. I hope so. But... Please, but I deserve to be put through the. I deserve to be put through the fire, just like everybody else. I I believe that put through the tribulation yeah. and put. The, I think I've deserved it, and I think that, everybody deserves it. That live on this earth right now. The, everybody. The other perspective that I think is healthy, and like I try to remind myself of, is is and tell people right who are worried, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go through tribulations, like. Hey, God's, you know, kind of like Esther, like for a a, such a time as this, that he's put you on the earth to be the light in a dark time, that if we're going through the tribulation and we see the Antichrist rise to power and we see that great, that strong delusion of the Antichrist suffering the mortal wound and then raising from the dead. And then the, 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 the false prophet, like, you know, you know, putting forth this mark of the beast, we're going to be able to have a testimony like Revelation 12 says, right? Like by the word of the lamb or by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Like we win, not because we live or because we get raptured. We win because we stay with our conviction on who Jesus is and we don't love our life even to the death. Like the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony to our death even. That's and that's what we're that's what we want to do because Jesus says if you die for me, that's like you know that's instant heaven, bro. Because you're dying for mm-hmm. Jesus, you're like that's that's what we want to do. No matter if they have your baby, your child, that you, your whatever it is, you, you're gonna die it because you have 100 true faith. What a what better way to test your faith than to have a, a noose coming about to come down on your neck, dude? And you're like, and, and, and to testify to the other unbelievers in that time. Yes. Yes. You stand strong in your faith and conviction amidst the most horrific persecution. Like, yes, like that's a true testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you yeah. going to go and take the mark of the beast, even though you know that the mark of the beast is bad? It's like you've already been exposed to all these scriptures. And that's another thing, man. If you're going to you can dig into scriptures, if you're scared and you don't want to do it, that's fine. But we've we've already been I've we've learned so much from the Bible that that now like we're going to be held to a higher standard too. And right now we're on a microphone and we're actually teaching people. So we're kind of in that camp now of, of being held to the higher standard, right? I'm sorry Amen. I invited you on the show, but that's what's happening. So I, we need to make sure that we, if we know what's going to happen, that we don't fall back on our word either, man. You know, like, like when the mark of the beast comes and, and like, you know, everybody thought that that thing that you put in here was, was, was it and all that. And, you know, we got to stand strong and no matter if you're going to lose your job, if you're going to not be able to buy, not be able to sell rich or poor slave, uh, you know, also it seems like slave people are going to be slaves. That's what we feel like we are right now to credit, to, to having a job and dude, it, there's a lot of stuff man. but man, I love the show, bro. I think this is amazing, man. And I always ask dude at the end, any last words, bro, before we get off and, and we could probably do a show on something else, bro. It seems like you, you guys are pretty on point. We love it. We love it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. So good. I got 
one last thing I guess I kind of want to close off with is one bringing it back kind of to the biblical cosmology and just our trust in the scriptures itself. As you 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 talked about Second Timothy um, three when, and starting in or when it says um, in verse sixteen, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we we have right there that scripture the scripture is given by direct um, inspiration of God. Um, you take it to Psalm eleven. Says something interesting. It says, "If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do?" And I think that is the mentality every Christian needs to have about our word because we we base all of our faith on this book that was written by God through through the mouths of human authors throughout mm-hmm. time. We we. This book is is what our faith hinges on, ultimately. Um, and if that foundation is destroyed, then what can we do? And and bring that back to Genesis. If you tell someone go read your Bible, the remote usually if you start a book, you start it from the beginning. And so if people can't trust the first page of the Bible yes. when it talks about a firmament, waters above, waters below, lights in the firmament, separating the sun, moon, and stars from each other. Um, if they can't trust that, then where does our faith even stand? If we if we can't trust that that the God we serve can d- accurately describe His creation, are we really going to believe that He rose Jesus from the dead? Like, what's crazier? Yeah. What's what's harder? Build, building a terrarium or dying and rising again? Yeah. And I think yes, that <laughs> I think when we think about it in that way, um, and I think it's cool. One one thing I want to allude back to what you said, talking about um, the bloodline of Noah. And that just made me think like how much the plan of salvation is about God's grace, not our works. And the fact that pure in his generations does not mean he was perfect. The first thing he did when he got off the ark was get drunk on wine and then do some scandalous thing. Yeah. Um, Abraham lied about his wife in Egypt. Jacob Uh cheated his brother. Like all these people that were chosen by God, David, for instance, murderer and adulterer, um the sense that we a lot of times in the christian church we prop up these old testament heroes as these like super righteous godly people and really i think that they were struggling much worse than a lot of people we see nowadays and they were in positions where by any any worldly means they'd be seen no that's the scum of the earth um but when we realize that it's all because of god's work and not ours i think it just paints this amazing picture of grace where the gospel really comes to true light when we realize that no, it's not anything of ourselves. It's we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Yes. We can boast about it. And so, and I think that even for people like us too, as people that are trying to teach, as people who are trying to investigate, we can get this. I I fall in the trap sometimes as I strive to find knowledge. I strive to learn everything I can and and to learn the truth. And I think that finding ways to present the truth humbly, which I think is something I commend you a lot for mm-hmm. in your podcast is you're very humble in the ways oh, that you I appreciate it. it. Yeah. God is great. He's great. And I think it's super cool. Like when we realize how much it's not about us, but it's about him. And if we realize that it was completely only man that gave us this heliocentric globe earth model, but it, we really have to trust God's word to believe that the earth is flat amidst all the deceptions mm-hmm. around yes. us. So I think, like truly believe it. Yeah, I agree, man. Go, go ahead, Matt. I know you got some good stuff, too. No, that was so good. Thanks, Isaiah. That was awesome, man. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you, Josh. Dude, it's been just a pleasure to be on the show with you and just see your zeal and your excitement. Yeah. Man. I can see your passion <laughs> coming through. It's Absolutely. So, it's yeah. so good. 
And I, you know, I just, I mean, I guess just lastly, I'd like to just encourage your listeners to like dig deep, right? Don't listen to what I said. Don't listen to what Isaiah said. Don't listen to what Josh said. Just go to the word and let the Holy Spirit be your guide and your teacher. Yeah. Right. Let, let him lead you to all truth. It's, it's, it's really, that's not that hard. You just got to do it. <laughs> you know? you got to do it. Yeah. Gotta do it. And put all your preconceived biases to the side. Pick up the Bible and and start reading it. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and guide you, and then understand that you don't you don't need to like rely on man because, like I said, let God be truth. Every man a liar. Um, I thought this was interesting too. When you read, um, we we're talking about the scriptures. You know, uh, let God be true. Every man a liar. Even even Jesus is talking right here, and he says, uh, uh, "Do not." It's John five forty five through forty seven. This is when Jesus is actually resurrected and he's walking with his disciples, and they're not recognizing him. He says, do not think that I shall accuse you to the father. There's no one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believe Moses's, uh, you, you would believe me. If you believe Moses's word, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words, right? So, yeah. Yeah, um, so we know that Moses wrote Genesis, right? We know that God took Moses up on Mount Sinai and he explained to him, how he created the earth, uh, you know, basically the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, right? Um, I think that all that stuff needs to be taken into account. So what happens is God or the devil is going to take Genesis and he's going to put it in a blender and he's going to serve it to you through public school. Uh, the Rockefellers, all these different organizations are going to serve it to you. And then by the time you make it to reading the Bible, which you're going to go through your party stage and college and all this stuff, by the time you actually pick up this great book, you're already going to have this preconceived bias of what the earth is like and all that. So like, like we were talking about earlier, by the time you actually read Genesis, your mind is so scrambled that you're not going to even be able to believe it. So that's yeah. the, that's the job of Satan is to put a block wall between you and the Bible, put a block wall between you and God. That way you become atheist, a non-believer. He wants you to go to hell. Like he's going to be, he wants you to be in the lake of fire. So that's the whole battle, you know, and there is principalities of evil that are there, you know, that are trying to tempt you into certain things. But this great, um, the great deception is for you to not believe the gospel, for you to, to end up going to hell. That's the great deception. And, and that's what Satan wants you to do. You know, um, that's just one of them. Um, so I think it, this whole podcast was great. I really appreciate you guys coming on. I love that. You know, I had a good time. I love speaking to fellow believers, especially when you already are awake to so many different uh things that a lot of other christians haven't seen yet so i appreciate you guys thank you um we always like we always like to end this in prayer so father god in the name of jesus thank you so much for introducing me to these two wonderful gentlemen uh i just pray that you put a uh, legion of angels around them uh it looks like you're already surrounding their home um you're already uh you know keeping these uh, a father and son you know he's teaching him the bible i think that's amazing we need that more anybody that's listening that's a father out there I suggest that you, you know, you start teaching your son, your daughter about the Bible, the word and teaching them that, you know, we can always stand on the foundation of the Bible. Um, God, we appreciate you uh, giving us this, this knowledge from the Bible and giving us uh, the ability to read, to be able to uh, have the Holy Spirit teach us. Thank you for giving us your son, Jesus Christ, for dying on the cross for us. That's amazing. We know that he endured all this stuff. And, and, and Lord, when we're talking about the rapture and we're talking about the end times, 
we're trying to do our best with with what we've learned so far, Lord. If we're teaching it wrong or if we're teaching the cosmology wrong, please just let us know. Uh, let the Holy Spirit teach us and guide us. But so far, I know that you've taught us this way. So this is why we're teaching this. So I really appreciate you, Lord, for for letting us uh, decipher, you know, this this type of stuff through the Bible. It's really fun and amazing. And we love the Bible. We appreciate you, your word, Lord. Thank you. We love you. We appreciate everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Guys, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you. And um, I'm going to definitely have you guys on again. If you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe. Please give us five-star review. Uh, please go and read your Bible and start studying to show yourself approved. We love you and God bless you.